Thanks for joining us on the Summit Church Podcast. We want to connect you to a relationship with God and all He has in store for you. We hope this inspires you, strengthens your faith, and gives you hope to live your best days now. Enjoy the message. I'm going to talk to you today about asking. How many of you know in life you have to ask for things, right? Because if you don't ask for anything, you get nothing, right? If you want to get a better table at a restaurant, you have to ask. If you want to get a raise or a promotion, you have to ask. If you want to upgrade your hotel room when you arrive on your vacation and you want to see the ocean, you have to ask. If you want to go on a date with a pretty girl, you have to ask. Growing up, that was a little hard for me. How many of you know my dad can be a little intimidating, right? (laughs) Most of the boys did not want to ask. I remember when one of them did ask, uh, he said something like, take good care of my daughter. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I just wanted to go hide in my room. But (laughs) I admire his bravery, right? (laughs) But a lot of times we are holding ourselves back because we are afraid to ask for fear of rejection or hearing a no. There was a friend of mine who has a business here in town, in fact, and her whole business just last week had to be closed like an entire week because there was no air or water in the building, which is horrible, and you can't, you know, be in a building when it's 103 degrees. And I told her, I said, you need to ask the landlord to give you a week off your rent because you could not have your business there in practice. She's like, no, I can't do that. They're going to say this. They're going to say that. And I'm like, stop. If you don't ask, then the answer is automatically no. But you got to try and at least ask. And so we have to have faith, we have to risk, and we have to ask. And the same is true in the Spirit. It says in James 4, 2, you do not have because you do not ask God. So today, what would you ask Jesus for? Do you need healing in your body? Ask him. Do you need restoration for your broken marriage? Ask him. Do you need your business to experience a financial breakthrough? Ask him. Do you need a godly spouse that would fill your life with joy and happiness? Ask him. Do you need hope for tomorrow? Ask him. Do you need mountains of impossibility to be moved for you? Ask. It says in Matthew 7, 7 through 11, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your heavenly father and your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? See, God wants to bless you. He wants you to ask him. Notice it says, keep on asking. Keep on knocking. That means repeatedly. It means we don't give up. How many of you, if you're parents of children, you know that they will ask and ask and ask until you eventually, what? They want to wear us down. How many of you have said, there is absolutely no way a dog is going to live in this house? But then your child, they've been asking maybe two or three years. And how many of you would say, now, Chrissy, yes, I do have a dog. Actually, I have two dogs now in my house. And why did that happen? Their persistence, right? They kept on asking. They were persistent in their faith. And some of you may be sitting here and say, well, I've been praying. 
And I've been asking. And if I'm honest, I'm, I'm kind of discouraged and I'm tired. And I haven't seen my answer yet. And I would say, well, keep on. Don't give up. It says, though the vision tarry, wait for it. It will surely come to pass. Joseph was in prison for 13 years. David waited 15 years to be king. Sarah waited 25 years for Isaac. Moses waited 40 years to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if what? We do not give up. I wish God's time frame was my time frame, but it's not. I remember when I was believing for a home and a house of my own, it took over 10 years. And that seemed like a really long time. I sure, I sure would have loved to have had it a little sooner. There were days that I would look at that horrible Florida wallpaper that they picked for the house, and I would get discouraged, or I'd want to paint a room when I was pregnant with a baby, and they'd say, no, you can't, because it wasn't my house. But I kept believing, and I kept declaring, and I kept asking God for that, and he supplied better than I could think or even imagine, and he wants to do that for you, because he's a powerful God. He can do nothing, though, until you ask him and start praying. That's why prayer is such a powerful weapon. Matthew 21, 22 says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. So today I want to look at six keys for asking and answered prayer. The first one is pray in the name of Jesus. John 14, 13 says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Not Buddha's name, not some apostle's not name, not Mary's name, not Joseph Smith's name, but the name of Jesus, the Son of the living God. The name of Jesus is a precious name. It's a powerful name. It's a saving name. It's a conquering name. It's the name above every name. When you whisper the name of Jesus in faith, Every demon in hell trembles in fear. Sickness and disease disappear. Fear vanishes and faith explodes. The dark clouds of depression lift and light comes in. Chains are broken. Addiction is shattered. Captives are set free. The deaf hear. The, the uh, eyes of the blind are opened up and will see. The principalities and powers are dismissed. God forgives the unforgivable, and he gives hope to the hopeless. It says in Isaiah, his name is Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is our Savior, our Friend, our Deliverer, our Counselor, our Comforter, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. It says in Philippians 2.10, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, the name of Rockefeller will open up the doors of finance. The name of Einstein will open up the doors of science. The name of Beethoven will open the doors of music. But the name of Jesus will open the doors of heaven and shut the gates of hell. So when you pray, you pray in the name of Jesus. Number two, Pray without sin in your life and pray with right relationships. It says in Psalm 66, 18, if I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. You know, you may be here and you may have made some mistakes or maybe you're not living the way God wants you to live. You just repent. God is so merciful. He's so forgiving. He already knows anyway. 
you know, he's not there with a, a whip and a chain. He's not there with a list. You know what I love about Jesus is that when we repent, it says he remembers our sin no more. Like it never happened. It's just gone. So make sure you don't have sin in your life. And praying with right relationships speaks specifically of forgiveness. It, Jesus tells us that we must forgive others or he won't forgive us. Forgiveness is a choice. It's not a feeling. There are many times I have not felt like forgiving. But so, when someone has really hurt me, how many of you have been there? And you say, well, Chrissy, I don't, it's really bad. You don't know what I've been through. And you don't know what I've experienced. And they, those, that person hurt me or they hurt my child. And I would say it's a choice. One time when I was really, really hurt, someone really did upset me. This is where you may have to start. And this is where I had to start. Lord, I know your word says I need to forgive, but I do not want to forgive that person. I was honest. I just told him, yep, yeah, no, don't want to do it. I said, but Lord, help me to be willing to forgive. I choose to forgive. I don't feel like it. I don't want to, but make me willing to do that. And let me tell you, I had to do that for two or three weeks because the pain was bad. I had to keep choosing that. And let me tell you, God's grace and his mercy, eventually the feelings did come. But I had to make the choice first. And I had to make it over and over again. And you may have to, too. Because it says, how many times do I need to forgive? Jesus said to Peter, not 70, seven times, but 70 times seven, which means as much as needed. As a lot of you are going through life blaming your mother, your father, your school teacher, someone else in your life for the things that have gone wrong or the stuff done to you in your past. Yes, they have wronged you, but the way out of that prison is to say, I forgive them in Jesus' name. And it's not for their betterment, it's for yours. Forgiveness allows you to walk out of imprisonment into a new life where you're totally free from the guilt of the past and on all the horrible things that have happened to you. Jesus on the cross before he died said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. If you really want to live a spiritually free life and to be happy in your mind and body, forgive everyone in your past who has offended you. Otherwise, it's going to destroy you. Number three, pray specifically. In Habakkuk 2.2, it talks about writing down the vision and making it plain. So when you pray, ask specifically for what you need. I have a lot of friends right now whose kids are going to college and they need cars. And how many of you know cars are kind of really hard to get right now, especially used ones? But so, for example, that prayer would look like, thank you, Jesus, that my child in college needs a car. I think you it's going to run good. It's not going to have a lot of mechanical problems. It's going to be in good condition. If you have a budget, be specific. And I need to find it for $10,000 or less. That's how you pray. That's what I'm talking about. When I had sales goals at Saks Fifth Avenue, when I worked um, managing the Fifth Avenue Club, I hated sales goals. That was not me. Um, they were really huge. And how many of you know I could show someone tons of clothes? I can show, so, show someone pretty shoes and jewelry all I want. But I can't control whether you buy something or not, right? <laughs> but what I can do is I can pray for God's favor and I can ask him specifically. So I would take those sales goals each month to the Lord. Thank you, God. I've got your favor. 
Thank you, people are going to come in here, and I'm not even going to know why. And I'm going to make that goal this month, and it's $100,000. And I don't necessarily see how I'm going to make it, but I thank you, God, that I am going to make it. And, you know, God was faithful to help me make those goals. It wasn't me. It was him, his grace and his favor. If you've been given a specific health diagnosis, you pray specifically, accordingly, for that health thing. If the doctor says, well, I need the markers to be at this, that, or the other, you pray specifically that you your body will conform to those things and that healing will take place. Amen. And I want to say too, don't be afraid to ask for the small stuff. God cares about the small things. He cares about both, big and small. He cares for the things that you pray like, oh, that's just not important to God or that just doesn't seem very important. You know, he's your father. If you're a parent, how many of you know, like, you love to give your kids, kids gifts, right? You like to see their expression when they open their presents at Christmas or on their birthday. You love to bless them because you love them. Well, that's how your heavenly father wants it for you, too. I remember when I was 16 years old, my, um, I was having a birthday party. And I really wanted my dad to come to my birthday party. But he had an obligation. We were having, we had already invited people and stuff, but it turns out he had this obligation to this church. And the church was like, no, we're not going to let him out of that obligation. Well, I did not like that church. I didn't think that was very Christian of them. And I thought it was pretty horrible. But I was like, all right, well, I'm going to pray. <laughs> and Because that was important to me, okay? And so I began to pray and I began to thank God that my dad was going to be able to come to my 16th birthday party. And I thank God for changing the pastor's heart. And I would pray every day and there was a little song I would sing and everything. I just, I just really, it was important to me. And so my birthday came, and I didn't see Dad at first, but I thought, well, I had faith, right? <laughs> right? And, um, but at the middle of the party, Daddy walked in for my birthday. And it meant the world to me, but God honored those prayers. And he honored those, that little desire in my heart that that pastor released him and who's able to come to my party. And you know what I think those are? Kisses from heaven. That's how I like to think of him. Just God just giving you a kiss. Hey, I love you. I know it's important to you. So here you go. So don't be afraid to ask him for the small things too, as well as the big things and being specific. Number four, pray with the right motive. That means I give glory to God. John 14, 13 says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so the Father may be glorified in the Son. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken to us by the glory of God. So when you get your answered prayer, you testify to all your friends of God's glory and how wonderful he did. Because your testimony is going to encourage other people while they're waiting. And it's going to build their faith. You just give glory to him and let them know how good God is. People say, well, you did yourself goals. You're all that. No, 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 no. It was Jesus who did it. He gave me the favor. None of this would have been possible without him. I love bragging on him. You know, he healed my allergies when they were so bad I had to have shots. So I'll tell people that who are waiting for their healing or people who are waiting for their house. We've seen people like Don Cherie who has been here at Chosen. They waited eight years 
to have a baby. And they did a whole, when God answered her prayer, he not only answered it, now she has three children, by the way, he exceeded it, but she did a whole video about testifying to God's goodness. And they did that to encourage other people about how they stood, how they waited, and how God was faithful to his word. So when you get your promise, when you get your answer prayer, make sure you tell everybody and give glory to God. Five, pray with praise and thanksgiving. Psalms 104 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. The power of praise is a weapon in spiritual warfare. And 2 Chronicles 20, King Jehoshaphat of Judah was terrified because there was a combined three nations marching against him. How many of you would be upset if several hundred soldiers were about to come and kill you? Yep, I would be. So here was the solution. He did not call for other kings to come. He didn't ask for any troops from allied nations. Instead, he prayed. And in verse 21, he appointed singers unto the Lord. And they went out in front of the army singing and giving thanks to God for his faithful love endures forever. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the enemies. And they were all smitten and not one escaped. The enemy lay dead and destroyed because God's people began to praise and celebrate the glory of God. Judah's weapon of mass destruction was praise. Notice, it was a physical confrontation, one with spiritual weapons. When you face a physical confrontation, the victory is in the spiritual because the spirit rules the physical. The things that are not seen are greater than the things that are seen. The God you cannot see, the angels you cannot see are waiting for you to speak the word of God to declare so they can enforce a mighty victory on your behalf. Some of you in this room are going through a great spiritual battle and trial. You're surrounded by enemies that seem overwhelming. Do not panic. Do not be depressed. Do not have anxiety. Do not get discouraged. It says be anxious for nothing and everything with prayer and Thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. So start praising the Lord for the mighty victory that God is about to send you, that you can't see necessarily with your physical senses. With the weapon of praise, speak to your tormentors in Jesus' name and command them to be bound, to be defeated, and to be crushed by the mighty hand of God. Lift up your hands and say, I praise God the Father for the victory over the world, over the flesh, and over the devil. I praise you for healing my body. I praise you for returning sevenfold what Satan has tried to steal from me. I praise you for healing my marriage. I praise you for breaking through in my finances. I praise you for restoring the love and joy that Satan has stolen from me. I praise you for, for giving me victory over the spirit of depression, anger, anxiety, resentment, depression. I praise you, God, for doing that. The victory is in Jesus, and I receive it now. And start calling into remembrance the good things God has done for you. Name them one by one. God, you're faithful for me. I saw how you came through and provided for me in medical school. Thank you that now, this is not too hard for you. You provided for me then, you're going to do it for me now. Start bringing into remembrance the things that God has done for you. The things that he has come through for you. And start thanking him. There is a miracle in your mouth. And it is the focal point of spiritual warfare. His praise shall continue be in your mouth. Psalms 149, 6-9 says, May the praise of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands 
to inflict vengeance on the nations and punishments on the people, and to bind their kings with fetters, their nobles with shackles of iron, to carry out the sentence written against them. This is the glory of all his faithful people. Kings and nobles mentioned here refer to Satan's principalities and powers in the kingdom of darkness. Therefore, praise conquer Satan. Praise silences the enemy. When you praise God, you silence the avenger. You crush his ability to perform in your life, in your family, in your home, and in your business. So start praising God. Yeah. Lastly, pray as if you expect to get it. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In today's world, we have to see it to believe it. That's not how faith is. Faith is believing first and seeing last. That means in my natural, I don't see anything. If y'all were to focus on my senses, nothing is telling me that God's working. But we, faith is seeing beyond your senses and perceiving as real fact that God is coming through and that he's faithful to his promise. It is faith is choosing to focus on the promises of God rather than the negative report of the world. Nothing is more powerful than your faith. Your faith activates God's power. And we build our faith by getting in the word and declaring his promises. And hope is the substance of faith. Hope is confident expectation. I am confident that Jesus is going to answer my prayer. I am confident that he is moving right now in my finances. I believe it. I see it. I remember Dodie Osteen was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And she got up and she started confessing the word. She had to see herself healed. How many of you know there were probably days where she did not feel like that at all? But she refused to believe that. She stood in faith and she got her victory. Continue to activate your power. Believe, mentally see that it is done and that God has come through and answered you. He is able to do more than you can think or even imagine. Ephesians 3.20 in the Passion says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting summitessay.com.